0: We're walking into the early part of 2022 information gathering and rankings and and bold predictions and who's going to do well, who's not going to do well, dynasty, startups, everything you can think of 2022. We're digging into it here on the Fantasy Football Show. We are the definition of year round. If you're new, pitch your tent. This is your new home. Here are four players I'm staying away from in 2022. I'm going to break each one down individually, let you know why I'm concerned. A lot of people are going to think, I'm just against Cam Akers. I'm going to dig my heels in and and predict that he's never going to do well. I'm a hater of Cam Akers. I'm a hater of Barkley. Honestly, it's more simple than that. I'm rooting for Cam Akers. I'm rooting for Saquon Barkley. I don't want these guys to fail. I don't want them to get hurt. But everything is a scale in fantasy football. Risk versus reward. And every player on screen has such a heavy risk that it's outweighing the reward by an extreme amount. You know me. I'm all about lying in the sand There is a line in the sand where a player turns from undraftable, an avoid, and they flip into a great value. Every player has a line in the sand somewhere. Even these players for me have a line in the sand where they flip from avoid, 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 avoid to go get. The truth is though, with these four players, I don't think their ADP will ever be in that territory where I feel like it can flip into a value. These are four players I'm avoiding in all formats going forward. 2022, let's break it down. The Fantasy Football Show begins now. This is the Fantasy Football Show with your host, Smitty. Out. Real quickly before we start, your fantasy season might be over, but you can play DFS right now. You can play prop style fantasy football you can drop over unders on players go to smitty1.com slash prize picks or go to smitty1.com slash underdog play either one use code smitty if you do so now and you're new to either and you screenshot me on Instagram uh, evidence that you did it I will give you a free phone call, 15-minute phone call. we work on whatever you want, trades, whatever. And real quickly, you know the Tuesday, Thursday show, the Fantasy Football Show Live. Of course we do, Smitty. I'm taking it Monday through Friday, starting Monday. It's only going to be one hour a day instead of two, but we're going Monday through Friday instead of Tuesday and Thursday. New time, though, 7 p.m. Eastern to 8 p.m. Eastern. Let me know in the comments how amped you are. Get some. Okay, we're kicking things off with Saquon Barkley. Why am I avoiding Saquon Barkley in 2022? Aside from the obvious, he disappointed and failed you in 2021. I think the real question is, why did he fail you in 2021? The answer is pretty simple. He was not ready. We kept beating this drum during the entire offseason. He's not ready, he's not ready. And people kept saying, Smitty, many. We're not drafting Saquon Barkley for week one. We're just not doing it. We're drafting Saquon Barkley for later in the year, which never came. Writing was on the wall. Saquon Barkley wasn't going to return to his elite form. It was so clear as day. I don't know why people ignored the warning sign, rather the warning signs that were all over. The biggest one being the dude never took any real live reps until right before week one and they weren't even really live reps he wasn't getting hit at all and you expect the man to go out there and take the beating that a running back is going to take with the lower body a very injury prone player without any preparation or any sign at all that they could they could handle the workload that they're back to 100 walking into week one unprepared and not ready we're just going to feed them starter carries at the nfl level and take hits at the nfl level I don't think so. Something happened in the offseason that made him come along very slowly, and I think we find that out. I think we're going to hear about some kind of setback he had a cleanup surgery we weren't told about something's gonna be revealed i've been saying it all year that's gonna explain why he was so far behind one of the most athletic players in the nfl why he is far behind in his recovery but smitty every running back recovers differently now every recovery for an acl tear is different every player has a different timeline but he toured early he was so far behind where he should have been walking into week one he's injury prone at this point you've got to accept that he's an aggressive runner and i give him props and credit for for getting every inch he can every time he touches the football but he will sacrifice his own body for that extra yard and given his injury history we can determine that he's a big injury risk moving forward given the offense is garbage the offensive line is garbage the opportunities he's going to get They're garbage. There's nothing going for Saquon Barkley unless A-Rod lands there in the offseason, which won't happen. This team's not turning it around and putting him in a position to do well. He looks a little bit more on track right now, entering week 18 of the 2021 fantasy football season. Like He looks like he's kind of getting back to his explosive self, but I'm not going to anticipate him staying healthy and playing at that elite level in a garbage offense when he has a history of getting hurt. At a certain point, I'd take him, but his ADP will be in the top 20 overall. I'm not touching that when I can grab a wide receiver or a running back that I like as much as Barkley anyway that doesn't have the injury risk. That scale we talked about, the risk is way too heavy to outweigh the upside anywhere in the top 25 overall, anywhere close to it. So I'm avoiding Barkley and I anticipate no line in the sand being anywhere near his ADP Barkley for 2022 and beyond you are not Smitty approved look I get Cam Akers is kind of exciting right now he's in the news he's coming back from an Achilles injury faster than anybody we've seen come back from it so far we are still very early on in his recovery process we're not seeing him back to form yet we're hearing he could be at that level but let me tell you something just like i talked about barkley having an injury history something we can look at tangible evidence that this guy is hard to trust we have the same thing going on here and for those that say how can you label him an injury risk with one injury he was my biggest injury risk player outside of derrick henry walking into 2021. so i I don't want to hear that i didn't already have him as a big injury risk. He was my number two avoid player for injury concerns, the aggressive way he treats his body, just like Barkley. And if you go all the way back to his college film, He literally uses his neck and head during almost his entire college career to go through linebackers and defenders, reckless with his own body, willing to sacrifice his body for that extra yard, which is something I admire, and I give him a lot of credit for how much heart he has. And he had a bad situation in college. He made the most of it in college. He got some tough yards. He looked really tough in college. And if you say, Smitty, you're reaching, you're reaching, talking about college, talking about risk that feels like it's not there, phantom risk, Smitty, invisible risk, if you will, well, then I point you to what's going on currently because it paints the same exact picture Akers trying to get back on the field and when all this started kicking into gear a couple weeks ago he was under six months recovered from his torn achilles tendon he's barely over six months right now and he's rushing back i don't care how good you look in drills running around the field without getting hit and pile drived into the ground or having two 300 pound linemen jump on your back and driving you into the ground i don't care how good you look floating around on the field two rush back into game situations barely six months removed from an achilles tear he is painting the picture for me he is reckless with his own body if you don't see the correlation between how he treats his body and him rushing back from an injury he should not be rushing back from i don't know that i can connect the dots for you you're gonna have to draft him and see what happens but i'm staying away from acres in 2022 and beyond i think he will never evolve as a consistent reliable player year after year is he exciting yeah is the offense exciting of course look at sony Michel. he looks good in that in that la offensive attack but there's another point you've got sony michelle you've got daryl henderson you've got a crowded backfield that i agree the team is open-minded and willing to put acres in that top spot otherwise they wouldn't be pushing for him to come back but with henderson out there itching for another running back and i think they're forcing along acres too quickly i think it's reckless it's not fair to acres and it's feeding into acres desire to put his body in bad positions and to to rush and to put himself in a vulnerable spot that can affect his future. Your Achilles is in the back part of your, your foot and ankle area from like your heel up to your calf. You can reach back and feel it. If you rupture that thing, not only is it extremely painful, it's hard to ever get back to form. Now, Akers is bouncing around all over the field. People say in practice, he looks great. He's light as a feather running around. Totally different than taking a hit. We have never ever had a running back ever return to an elite form After an Achilles injury. After a ruptured Achilles, I repeat, we've never had a running back return to an elite status or ever become an elite running back with a ruptured Achilles tendon. No, don't use AP Adrian Peterson as an example. For some reason, everybody throws that name out when I say that statement. He tore his ACL. Completely different. Achilles injuries are way worse than an ACL tear. Achilles injuries, while... Basketball players or a quarterback or a wide receiver could return to potential elite form after an Achilles injury. A running back is different. I don't want to hear, oh, but a basketball player did it, Kevin Durant, or hey, this wide receiver did it, or this defensive back did it. There is only one position in the NFL that has a three to four year shelf life, and that's the running back. The amount of pressure and abuse that your Achilles and your lower body takes when you're running up the gut and getting smashed and demolished by defenders. It's different on a, a running back's lower body to run up the gut and get demolished and creamed on every play. People are trying to ruin you on every single carry. And there's something about coming back from that injury, trying to explode, trying to cut, being forced to go one direction while you're trying to go the other. The sheer force involved in that unexpected change of direction, planting the foot into the ground, 300 pound lineman, another lineman, everybody driving you into the ground, pile driving you into the ground, it's different. I don't wanna hear wide receiver, quarterback, basketball player. My grandma tore her Achilles, she's fine. Running backs have a tougher time recovering or ever, ever returning to form after an Achilles injury. Now the two things going for Cam Akers is one he's, he's young we typically don't see a young really young up and coming player tear an Achilles tendon at least at the running back position so we don't really have a ton of data on it so that's going for Akers there's a reason to think there could be an outlier here. Number two normally when you tear an Achilles your job's not really waiting for you by the time you recover on that one year to a year and a half recovery which is what it typically takes for an Achilles injury to fully recover which is why this five or six month timetable that they're working with with acres isn't impressive to me it's reckless it's not even smart he's not different than everybody else. He might work harder. He may be further along in his rehab than the average person, A, because he's younger, B, because maybe he's got the drive. I'm not saying he's not ahead of schedule or could be the number one recovery running back in history, but to suggest that he can do it in five or six months, everybody else is 12, is ridiculous. Nine to 12 months, Marlon Mack, Deonta Foreman. These are the names we have of players that tore their Achilles. We don't really have any big name players. So that that gives you hope to say, okay, well maybe we don't have enough data and a player could recover i mean acl tears used to be the death of a running back now you can come back pretty easily so things evolve the medical side of this technology it can all get better and better each year i'm not i'm not saying that can't evolve and And he can't be case number one for the great recovery of achilles injuries from now into the future it's a more rare injury so i don't know that we'll have that kind of Uh, setup for this. But again, the one positive so far is he's young. The second is the job opening. Most people that tear the injury don't have a job waiting for him. So we don't really know, would Marlon Mack have ever returned to form if his job was waiting for him? Akers might have his job waiting for him. The Rams appear to be willing to put him in the spotlight again pretty quickly. Or they're just selfish and they want him on the field because they're down a running back in the playoffs. I don't know. But the job opening part of this might be another factor to why Akers could recover and, and and be a marvel and be an outlier. But for me it swings all the way back to the fact that he is in my opinion and you can have your own opinion. This is my show. My opinion is that Akers is going to hold a whole lot of injury risk walking into 2022, let alone the playoffs if he plays in the playoffs. We might see an injury happen during the playoffs and then we're talking about this and it's a moot point. The odds of another leg injury coming off an Achilles tear when you rehab it in the proper amount of time which is typically nine months to a year the odds are extremely high of another leg injury the odds of another leg injury for acres coming back too early taking hits his body isn't ready to take making cuts that his Achilles is not ready to make being in situations you can't test in rehab or on the field in practice getting hit by two and three players at a time driving you into the ground and you. trying to keep yourself up in the force, the sheer force involved in you trying to resist that, that demolishing of you into the ground. You can't test any of that. And that's where he's going to get hurt again, most likely. Could I be wrong? Absolutely. I'm not right about everything. I'm not a moron, but the odds are strongly against Acres staying healthy, coming back early from an injury that typically takes a year and players that try at a year oftentimes suffer other leg injuries and he's doing it all in five six months no thank you if he was going really late i might consider it there's a line in the sand i don't know where that line is yet i'll let you know but my guess is there's no way he's even close to my line his adp is going to be extremely high And I'd rather just draft a player I like better that feels safer, that has just as much upside. I think there'll be players around his ADP that will have just as much upside. And it might even be a wide receiver like McLaurin or someone like that. No thank you on Akers. I recommend you stay away. I'm going to in 2022. We'll see how he develops in the playoffs and how this thing looks in a couple weeks. People that love Lamar Jackson will defend him no matter what, no matter how he's playing. He's easy to defend because people like to to throw shade on him pretty easily. And the truth is, he's very, very good when he's on. But when he's off, he's off. And when he's off his game, he's typically off for like half of a year straight. Last year, he was bad the entire first half of the year. Benchable. Not just bad or, or underperforming. He was benchable for the first half of 2020. In 2021, he's been awful down the stretch, been banged up. Huntley's looked better. We don't know what the future even holds for Lamar, but time and time again, he can disappoint in big stretches of games. I'm going nowhere near Lamar in 2022 because you don't have to. There are so many safer options to grab. Uh, A Joe Burrow, who's number two or three, on my quarterback rankings for 2022 and beyond and some people are probably going to draft lamar ahead of burrow herbert burrow you don't have to go near lamar i don't care if you have to reach a little bit for a quarterback like burrow or Herbert. I'm going after them instead of Lamar. I'm going after A-Rod instead of Lamar in 2022. Maybe even in 2022 and beyond leagues because I think in some cases sometimes playing for the now is important and people worry too much about the future. No thank you Lamar. You've disappointed for big stretches of games in a row too many times. I'm out. We all liked Antonio Gibson walking into 2021. I admittedly was up and down and up on him. I wish I would have stayed down on him when I was down on him, but I got excited like a lot of you about this guy. We worried about injury walking into 2021. Boy, were we right in that that specific worry. But the upside was huge. The one takeaway here, is that this guy was not a full-time running back or full-time wide receiver at the college level walking into his his rookie season in 2020. Somehow, the Washington football team saw something in him enough from his very limited college usage. And when I say limited, I mean extremely limited. The one thing we got to think about when it comes to Gibson and maybe what went wrong, I'm not saying he can't be a future stud. He, He potentially could, but I think the odds are stacked against him. And there's one telling thing That we knew was right in front of us, but we thought we'd ignore it because we thought maybe he was an outlier. But this guy didn't have the track record of a a full time guy at the at the NFL level as a running back or really as a wide receiver, catching 38 passes and running the ball 33 times in college. I mean, he, he was barely used the year before. But this guy had such little work, no resume. It was kind of amazing that Washington saw what they saw in him, got what they got out of him his rookie year in 2020. He was phenomenal. But there was a A lot of worry that, hey, he doesn't have the the pedigree or the track record or the resume to support him being a full-time running back at the NFL level for a long string of games. The writing was on the wall. I warned everybody, including myself, about it, but we all decided to ignore it, including me, because he was so electric. And we thought, Washington, they know what they have in Gibson. They saw something unique. This is a unicorn a unicorn that they're gonna use and there's no sign that he'd be an elite running back at the nfl level from the college numbers look at those numbers they're not crazy there's nothing here that indicates that this guy is going to be an elite player at the nfl level because the usage wasn't there the yards per carry were good the touchdown i mean 12 tds in that amount of, of usage is good and that's probably what washington saw and that's why gibson is good it is translating in a sense he is this kind of efficient when he's used but he doesn't have the pedigree or the long-term proven resume which is why he's failing right now and i don't know that i feel like he's gonna pick up that that consistency or reliability along the way it feels like from here it could probably either stay the same and be spotty and never really never really be reliable he'll be in and out of the lineup have good games a big string of bad games kind of like Lamar he'll feel like Lamar at quarterback but at running back I don't I don't think it changes I'm staying away from Gibson unless he falls into a crazy good you know value range where my line in the sand is is there and I'm like he flips into a good value but if you're drafting him as like a high-end running back too Safer options might be out there. We'll see where his ADP level's at. I can see him returning to my good graces based on ADP, but my early prediction will be that his ADP will be not near a value range I'm comfortable with, and I'd rather go a different direction. Left. There you have it. Those are four early avoids for 2022. We'll see how Akers evolves in the playoffs. We'll see how Barkley looks in the offseason. We'll see if Lamar bounces back at all. We'll see what kind of value he holds in the offseason for people. Gibson... These are my avoids for 2022 or er, early avoids. I'm gonna have a lot more, but these are four guys I wanted to bring up that, that were on my mind right now that are being talked about a little bit here and there in the news. So I thought it'd be relevant information to bring up. Don't forget about the 96 team league for 2022. It begins now. We're giving spots away now. Check this out. I give you Fantasy Cup 2022. 15 rounds, 96 owners. That's 1,440 picks eight copies of every player in the player pool. That means Jonathan Taylor will likely consume all of picks one through eight. And Henry and Cup could make up most of picks nine through 24. 60 minute timer. This draft could take 80 days to complete. 96 owners, 15 rounds, eight copies of every player in the player pool. One division of 96, one winner. I give you Fantasy Cup 2022. Also, get on over to sleeperu.com. Get my lifetime membership. Never pay for content again after you buy this membership. And my top level membership comes with two years of text advice, one-on-one text advice. I carry around two phones. One is my work phone. The other is my personal phone. I literally have this thing everywhere. I'm in the grocery store. Miss Smitty's like, and I'm like, okay, sure. And yeah. Draft him right now, bro. Do it constantly there for my people on the text line and i could be there for you too so go to sleeperu.com hey smitty.com also takes you there get your membership today this is the fantasy football show with your host smitty Take a